0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you should ha- happen to find this. Welcome to the Quote of Arms podcast. <clears throat> this is episode 18, which is a good number. It's a lucky number and uh, it's a lucky Jewish number. Uh, 18 and 36 are both uh, so high and double high, which are lucky numbers. And uh, we're lucky enough to have a very special guest on today. We have...
1: Uh, hi, I am Nick, a.k.a. Janky as heck.
0: Awesome, great to have you on. And I've had yeah. the pleasure of being on yours before, which is
1: uh WNXS News, your Nexus for Magic News.
0: Awesome. Uh <clears throat> it seems like uh, when they when it comes to news, they are certainly NXS. <laughs> <laughs> Oi, not sure if that was intentional or not, but awesome. <laughs>
1: It wasn't when we named it.
0: Um. There's actually a band called NXS. uh, I-N-X-S. My dad actually likes them.
1: Uh, (laughs) So it's Dad Rock?
0: Uh, Kind of. Um, It's from the 80s.
1: That's about Dad Rock era. Uh, No, our podcast name (laughs) came from uh, just the fact that we are hosted through mtgnexus.com. That's oh, wow. our lead sponsor slash host site, uh, and we needed to come up with a local network style name for it, which you know all local radio and TV stations have w whatever their three oh yeah letter <laughs> abbreviation is mm-hmm. um, and that was what we came up with
0: well uh speaking of sponsorships, if anybody wants uh, this is still out there. <laughs> Uh, ditto. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm joking because we don't have one, but WQOA does sound pretty cool. <laughs> 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 the benefits of having three letters, or of having three words. <laughs> <laughs> so, what trap are we talking about today?
1: Well, um, I'm going to start off by saying that, uh, as you know for having played with me a couple times, I. I don't build what the what the mass media would have you believe is good cards. Uh, <laughs> I I build very silly uh, themes, and as such, the tribe of choice for me today is Thrall Tribal.
0: Well, I am enthralled to learn more. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know the puns are coming. The puns start coming. the uh, don't start man. coming.
1: I didn't know I was gonna be punished like this.
0: Get to the ground. And <laughs> <laughs> it sense not to live for fun. <laughs> Brain gets smart, but the head gets dumb. Okay, we've got enough of that. <laughs> so, let's start by just general discussion. What is a thrall?
1: Um, honestly, there's an entire discussion that we could do for the episode just on that because if you were to just type in thrall creature types on Scryfall, it's a lot. Um. There's there's only 24 creature-type Thrall that are not tokens in all of magic. Uh, one of those is Red Black from Ragdos, but all of them are functionally just a mass of flesh and magic. Um, not in the same way that a zombie is, but uh, basically just like bits and pieces left over from this bucket of flesh have now been given more bits and pieces from this other bucket of flesh, And they've been magicked into a somewhat sentient creature.
0: Would you say they're kind of, uh, so if if we're looking at just, like, what they look like, are they, you know, what they look like and what they do, are they kind of like a combination between a zombie and a homunculus?
1: I would actually just say they're closer to a homunculus than a zombie. Um, because homunculi are also designed largely as servants or assistants. And thralls are created specifically for that purpose, but they can range from um, being, like, a manservant or a butler to being a beast of burden.
0: Well, that's what I meant in terms of, like, they're created from dead flesh, usually, right?
1: Ah, uh, usually part. dead flesh, but, you know, it depends, on, depends on the creator and how vengeful they're feeling at the time. Well,
0: they're created from the flesh of things that at least at one point in time were living. Correct. Is, that, yes. That's where the zombie part came in of the, they're like, they're like the Correct, combination yes. of a zombie and a homunculus.
1: Yes. They homunculus. would be, they would be zombies and homunculus. could have a child. It would be a throne.
0: Zambunculus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rambunculus.
1: Zombunculus.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. That sounds beautiful. <laughs>
1: They so, don't look beautiful.
0: Oh, I mean, I mean beauty's in the, at the eye of the beholder, and you can probably hold behold their eye in your hand.
1: Yeah, but I'd be holding uh, the doorknob to escape if one was coming at me.
0: Uh, I mean, if all they're doing is a job. Uh, how, well, I guess that comes up with, how big and threatening are they?
1: Uh, in flavor or as magic cards?
0: Either or, because... Uh, You talk about them being almost like a homunculus, and homunculus usually are kind of harmless, they just do jobs. And homunculi and thralls, in terms of the tokens, usually have zero power.
1: Right, you're not too far off. um, There are very few thralls with more than a couple of power. Um, And there are even fewer with more than three power. (laughs) Mostly, they are very non threatening at first glance. They usually have some sort of bonus ability to make them somewhat useful. Um, most Thrall existence is actually through tokens. They're created through creatures that pop up uh, as far as like quantity of them because they're just spitting them out, just spitting them out a bunch at a time. Um, the ones that are just their own creature cards are more visually terrifying than they are actual functionality.
0: Um, yeah, body hoarder or body horror type stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, the strongest example, in my personal opinion, is Mind Stab Thrall. Mm-hmm. Um, for one black black, it's a two two that when it attacks and isn't blocked, you can sacrifice it and have a defending player discard three cards. So really mm-hmm. not that threatening because someone could just chump with a one three and both of us keep our creatures for no reason. Mm-hmm. But the artwork on this card is absolutely horrifying. Uh, It's a head with four arms. That's that's it. It's stitched, Mm -hmm. there are veins, and it's walking on three of those four arms. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Also important to note, we're talking about four arms, not four arms. Yes,
1: Yes, each of the four (laughs) arms also has a forearm because they have shoulder, elbow, wrist,
0: and hands you're referring to i believe the fifth edition artwork right
1: uh yes i am it's the it's the most well-known artwork for it i believe it's also the master's edition one from the uh from the online magic online set um and it is one of the three arts from fallen empires
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say there's several different arts from fallen empires Interestingly enough, there actually is a card called Mindstab. Yes. Uh, it's from uh, Time Spiral. that It depicts, I believe, the same thrall going through the, the time barrier. <laughs>
1: that that thrall probably just didn't know there was anything different. Throlls are not known for being very intelligent. Uh, they're, that's where they're more like zombies than homunculi, because homunculi aren't really smart most of the time, but they at least have the ability to think uh throttles uh, basically get an instruction and go do the
0: thing. They kinda like Meseeks. Uh I'll
1: be honest, I Rick and Morty oh, was never okay. my show. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm not a huge so, fan of it either. It was the first episode I saw, and it was actually kind of funny. Uh, didn't he become
1: self-aware at one point?
0: Um kind of. Uh so <laughs> the Meseeks are these little blue creatures that are given a job right. and existence is painful for them so they actually are trying to do the job as quickly as possible so they can stop existing
1: oh gosh that's <laughs> oh oh my that's, that's a little dark <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's a little bit like a thrill I guess
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but in this case, I don't know that the Thralls actually have the ability to feel pain. Um, I sort of hope not. there's not a lot of perspective from Thralls. It's usually seeing the people who control them.
0: Yeah. So speaking of people who control them, who controls the Thralls?
1: Uh, in this particular deck, it is Tesa Orzov Scion, the first Teysa incarnation, because in the OG Ravnikin novel trilogy, Uh, One of her abilities was creation and control of thralls in the novels, not the card, obviously. In the cards, Mm -hmm. it's spirit tokens. Um, But uh, she was very high up and still is in the the Orzhov hierarchy. Uh, And she had the ability to create and control thralls, use them mostly as manservants. Um, And yeah, so flavorfully, she seemed to be the best choice for me to also be able to get in. More than 20 thralls.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so, when black creatures die, she creates spirits, right?
1: Yes. And uh, I can also sacrifice three white creatures to remove target creature from the game. Mm-hmm.
0: So, theoretically, she works best with things that are from the Orch of Guild, but either of those abilities could be very powerful on their own. So Exactly. When a so when a black creature uh, so when a yeah when a black creature dies she makes a spirit. Do you have one, ways, one white
1: flying token?
0: Do you have ways to make that that flying token black?
1: Yes. Um. Like darkest hour, and, I think. Uh, bear with me one second. I'm sorry. I just realized I don't remember the name of the card. Um. I think
0: darkest hour makes everything. Yes, black.
1: Darkest hour is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um. Uh, Darkest Hour is an enchantment that, if Scryfall will cooperate, uh, that just says for one black mana, all creatures are black. Mm -hmm. Um, As a consequence, because Tesa just says whenever another black creature, so as long as she's not the creature dying, um, she is able to just continually spit out these white tokens. Um, They aren't just, they aren't <clears throat> excuse me I'm sorry
0: mm-hmm. oh. no problem
1: with the with the white tokens becoming black tokens they are also able to um, be sacrificed continually removing things mmm so it's basically an infinite removal loop uh, as long as the targets don't have uh proof or shroud or ward
0: oh yeah mm-hmm <clears throat> So those are some of the interesting things you can play with, and she's perfectly fine with sacrificing them because they're just these little balls of flesh that happen to have gotten animated, right?
1: Exactly. They are basically just, like, little chunks uh, of, of living being, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they are no longer a living being once they become the spirits. But uh, much like some of the later Orzhov token incarnations, they are white and black and can keep being sacrificed for more stuff.
0: So in addition to being tribal, it's an interesting flavor synergy, especially when you consider what it is that she was actually fighting against with the Ghost Council, where they they make people indebted even after death. She's making these flesh things enslaved even after death.
1: Now, in fairness, Taisa was not opposed to the concept of the post-death debts being paid. She did not like the concept of the ghost council running the show when they should have just been gone from the plane by then. She did not want to be in their specific control, she wanted to run things for herself, and she would would have been a little more altruistic uh, compared to that leadership group. But Kaya is the one who, when she stepped into the role of guild leader, really wanted to find ways to set those post-life debts free. Mm -hmm. Nice. Asa was basically a progressive moderate, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and Kaya would be closer to a leftist or a socialist.
0: It's interesting to see some of those come in, and also, uh, especially given the marginalized groups that those individuals represent and kind of the social political uh, groupings that they represent like when you think about uh, little uh, little African American girls who are looking up to Kaya uh, uh, that's an interesting thing to look at she's not just an assassin who happens to kill ghosts she's a liberator
1: exactly she is she she is doing the best she can to fix a broken system from the inside
0: mm-hmm. and that's an important message to get out there because actually I did not know that about her I thought she'd just kill ghosts because you look at the names <laughs> of the cards there's Geist Hunter, there's Ghost Assassin it doesn't sound like she's a political activist it doesn't sound like she represents those things but to those right. groups she does
1: and one of the big things about that was that when she was first introduced she wasn't that wasn't her primary character trait she was a ghost assassin um, she was introduced in the conspiracy storyline mm-hmm. she uh, was the person who killed the king of uh, of the conspiracy plane which name is also gave me all of a sudden um, she was doing it because of the job. And that's how she got introduced to the Ravnican, the last Ravnican cycle, uh, slash War of the Spark storylines. Nicol Bolas hired her to go kill the Ghost Council. And she did it very efficiently. Um, but yep. because of the way the Ghost Council's magic works, whomever kills them gets their power. So she was now burdened with the uh, contracts, debts, and souls of the Orzov Guild and was forced to be in leadership there because she couldn't figure out how to just give the power up. Mm-hmm. Um, when she saw how much the people, both living and dead, were suffering under those contracts, she her heart kind of broke for him because she had seen that kind of corruption on her home plane, mm-hmm. um, and she resolved not to let it happen again. She had always been kind of aloof, had always seen herself um, as a as an independent person, And when she saw this, she realized that she had the ability and the obligation to step in and do something about it. So,
0: I think that's a story that I want to make sure gets out to people who who play the game. Uh, And people who see themselves in these characters. Uh, Because as somebody who used to teach in a... um, You could say underprivileged area with high associated with a low socioeconomic status high uh poverty rate uh, and a a high african-american and hispanic population it's important that they see what this character has been through what she chose to do with her life and how she used the power that she had to affect positive social change
1: exactly and that eventually culminated in her joining the Gatewatch uh at the end of the War of the Sparks storyline she was the I'm not gonna say she was the replacement member for Gideon but Gideon's death much as it inspired every other planeswalker who stuck around for that fight to see it and that inspiration is one of the few things that actually came out of the War of the Sparks story but we're not gonna go there In addition to what she saw as the Orzhov Guildmaster, she realized that she had an obligation as a planeswalker to do what she could to help others. So she joined the Gatewatch and that's why we've seen her now on Innistrad and right before that we saw her on uh, Kaldheim.
0: I like the idea, unlike Gideon, she got into this because she wanted to correct wrongs that she saw rather than wrongs that she did.
1: Exactly. She did not have the survivor's guilt. She just wanted to help. Mm -hmm. Um, And granted, she probably does have a little bit of wanting to atone for some of the things she's done in the past, because I think all of the Gatewatch members have that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Teferi being the strongest example, because he still can't get his plane out of Limbo, um, or Mm -hmm. his home out of Limbo. Um, And... That was only partly his fault. Thanks, Jessica. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Jessica willed it. There's a lot of guilt there.
0: (laughs) Uh, I was trying to get in a little bit of Jessica's will in there. Jessica willed it.
1: She did. She willed it. um, Because she was stubborn and didn't. She, in her defense, she was t- trained by one of the oldest other old planeswalkers. She was trained by Karn, who was built by the penultimate example of no care for consequences of their actions, Urza, who is the worst.
0: Oh yeah, think about what he's done to different formats, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's just... The, everything he touches is tainted, and not even by the Phyrexians.
0: Yeah, even uh, when he's not the Lord High Artificer, he's also making Tron.
1: destroying the plane of dominaria numerous times wasn't enough for him no he had to destroy legacy in modern (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: man honestly i'm not sure who destroyed it more him or covid
1: you know what i would say he destroyed legacy more than covid did because uh, you still got to play him online
0: oh man Imagine if they actually uh, (laughs) looked into the cause of COVID and they found out it was something related to Urza. God damn it. You're doing biological (laughs) stuff now?
1: (laughs) It was right after he, uh, well, he he did commit eugenics. Oh, that's where we got Gerard. Yep. And oh, he didn't, he, he didn't even make thralls. He made actual genetically perfect people in his mind, and he thought that was fine to just take these people as children and say, "No, I'm going to take this out. I'm going to take this out. And you're going to be a soldier. And you're going to be a soldier. And you're going to fix my mistakes because I won't do it myself."
0: In his defense jarred his handsome, but still, <laughs> that was not the, that was not quite the redemption we needed. Nope. <laughs> Nope. What well, makes it worse is it after all that? Or is a sold out to Phyrexia? Yeah, well, usually it uh, costs an arm and a leg, but to make Gerard, cost him a cap and a shin. Anyways. Ha <laughs> <Zing. laughs> ha! Oh, jeez. So, back to Thrills. So, yes. So, Thrills are these little tiny homunculus zombies things. Uh, usually 0-1 tokens, they, but you can put in some cool loops, especially with the commander that you've chosen for them. Uh, Yes. um,
1: And not so much loops in the same way all the time, because uh, anything that interacts directly with thralls is going to be a little bit weird. Anything that specifically says thrall on it, I should say, is going to be a little bit weird.
0: A little unusual. Weirds are a different tribe.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Weirder than the average tribe is going to (laughs) get weird, yes. Um...
0: They have actually thought L- of making a weird tribal deck using Malek.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Malek. Let's not talk about that. Alright, fine. We have to say it. Ral Eric killed a baby. Um, oh. Because Ma- because Malik was basically a- an infant. He was at most a toddler. And Ral just, just lightninged him in Dragon's Maze to take his spot in the... Uh, in the race and you know because Rao was one of those people who didn't think that, that weirds are people
0: uh, yeah, this is going to be a niche joke out there for one of the few people who are actually going to get it but imagine if Dovin uh, <clears throat> hired Rao to kill Melek. Dovin Melik killed by Ral. Nah. my <laughs> <It's> a, god <laughs> yeah it's a Jewish song Davi and Melech Israel <laughs> David was the king. I knew this the really- tune,
1: uh, but <laughs>
0: wow!
1: <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is a black-white deck. You didn't have to reach that far. They're flying. <laughs>
0: hey, I'm a green player. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh well, then. Well, gravity. Well, then. Uh, I guess we just gotta deal with it.
0: Um. Yeah, but but and by that I mean I usually play with paper cards rather than with virtual because that's more green.
1: Anyways. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man <clears throat> and I don't play but with yeah, the plastic uh, sleeves problems. either <laughs> uh, um, I actually I usually do yeah. if the deck is worth a decent amount But <laughs> <laughs> I do also take pleasure in playing high power cards on camera with, without sleeving them <laughs> usually it's by accident but it's still funny Go, Look
1: if Do you keep saying such like blasphemous things, I'm just gonna hang up this call. Um, because I can't it, it hurts. It hurts so bad.
0: <laughs> hey don't don't take such blasphemous don't don't take such actions when I'm doing blasphemous things. <laughs> don't want to have a blasphemous act.
1: I just mm, I'm just in the thrall of these terrible jokes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So um, taking your pound of flesh. Okay.
1: <laughs> Alright, so, speaking of pounds of flesh, we're back on Thralls.
0: Yep. <laughs> Merchant of Venice joke. Okay.
1: Yes, so Thralls are... Thralls are an odd tribe for a lot of reasons, um, and not just that the fact that a large part of them are costed either 3 or 5 <clears> mana. <throat> um, they're odd because they have the absolute least synergy, I think, out of any tribe that can justifiably... We can say has some support out there. Um, Because we we know there's like those couple of things that have, there's those couple of creature types that only have, you know, like five actual of those and then a bunch of changelings. So we don't count those. But Thralls have, like I said, uh, 24 total. One of them is red and black, so it can't go in this deck, but the other 23 just hang out. Um, There's very few things that actually interact with other Thralls. Most of the things that do aren't thralls themselves but an exception to that is thrall champion which specifies that all thralls get plus one plus one it's a 2-2 by itself so for five mana you get a 3-3 that gives other things plus one plus one Mm -hmm. and it has the ability to tap and steal a thrall as long as you have thrall champion um i don't have built into this any way to turn creature types into other creature types just not something i did Uh, this guy is in there to be an anthem um, yeah, word, I guess, More accurately, um,
0: so there's maskwood. There's uh, what's the black? a black card, conscription. I think.
1: Uh, I think so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there, are, if you wanted to go a very strange route and force all of your creatures, all and have this card and make all of your creatures vampires, you could use new blood to make to change mm-hmm. all of the text on it from one creature type to another, so mm-hmm. it would be all vampires instead.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's weird. Um, but... Unusual. One such... good.
0: (laughs) No, I just said unusual instead of weird, because weird (laughs) is a tribe.
1: (laughs) Um, one such non-thrall who interacts with thralls is, uh, honestly, I think he's just, he's the master of the tribe, he's just, he's the best of the breed, he is Mm -hmm. Indrik Saar, master breeder.
0: Yep, that's the one that I originally thought it was. Uh,
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, looking at the mana cost right now, I would only have had 19 actual thralls. I would have had to find support elsewhere. And that's, that's not how I wanted to do it. I wanted to go all in. Um, Mm -hmm. Indrixar is a 5-mana 2-2 that says whenever you cast a creature spell, you put a 1-1 black thrall, you put X-1-1 black thrall tokens onto the battlefield where X is that spell's mana cost. Mm -hmm. And then once you control 7 or more thralls, you sacrifice Indrixar Master Breeder. So, (laughs) <laughs> After you cast himself, you, let's say you cast, um, and you don't have any other thralls at this point, uh, let's say you cast, you know, two or three medium-sized creatures, Endrixar is going to have to die. But mm-hmm. wait, what if he didn't? Mm-hmm. Um, Maw of the Obsidat is a sac outlet that helps get around something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 3-3 that you can sacrifice creature, and all creatures you control will get plus one, plus one till the end of turn. Nice. So, some of the other thralls in the world of magic fly, mm-hmm. like Grasping Thrall, who enters a battlefield, deals two damage to each opponent, you gain two life, and it's a 3 3. Mm-hmm. But let's say that you have uh, five outside, uh, four thralls outside of Mali Abzadat and Grasping Thrall. You sacrifice some more before you cast your next spell in order to give all your creatures that extra oomph, that extra power. Mm hmm. And you go ahead and just keep doing that and just smashing face. That works. Uh, <clears throat> another example of just interaction with Thrall tokens is Tevish Shazat Doom of Fools, mm-hmm. from Commander Legends. Um, so that is another
0: commander pl- that has that makes Thralls.
1: Exactly. Uh, <clears throat> but he's the only partner in the deck, so I can't go that route. <laughs> um, uh, but Tevish Zot's a five-mana planeswalker uh who can be your commander with four loyalty on entering and his plus his first activation is plus two loyalty to create two thralls Mm -hmm. um his middle ability is plus one loyalty to sacrifice creature planeswalker which will let you draw two cards then draw another card if the sacrifice permanent was a commander Mm -hmm. so if i just need to have some emergency card draw taisley is only three mana commander she's not hard to she's not hard to recast um after a certain point, because this is a black-white deck, that's going to change. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> uh, for the first two or three times, she's not too much of a challenge to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can sacrifice her in an emergency to get three draws, or get one of one of these tokens from Indrixar or from Tevish themselves to get some card draw. Um and then his last ability is minus ten to gain all the commanders. You just steal all the commanders. Tevish's lot is not in here to steal all the commanders.
0: One of the things I don't see very often is people using Tevish alongside a so another com, um, alongside a, a partner commander, really just for the colors. So if you wanted to put in that red black thrall, you could always uh, put him with maybe Bruce Tarl.
1: Right, and and I could, <clears throat> but Bruce Tarl. If I were to do that, I would have to uh, find places that I would want to cut, or somewhere else that would justify yeah. splashing in the red. Um, because the deck was built originally in mind... The, the original list of this deck was built before we knew Tevish Zot was going to exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, it was built mostly with pre-Commander uh, Legends cards in mind, and a lot of those have like double or triple mana symbols for those colors. Like... But- dark prophecy for example mm-hmm. and when you have to start cutting the mana up you have to start justifying where your lands come from and i'm a budget player as well as a uh silly card player mm-hmm. so <laughs> shock lands are uh are not in very many of my decks in fact this deck the most expensive card is 15 dollars mm-hmm. and it's only and it's the only one above 10
0: Yeah, I mean, that kind of reminds me of a, a a tribal deck that I built before Commander Legends came out, and then I adjusted one of the Commanders, and that was it. I really haven't put much else into it. It was my trap deck. Right.
1: And this one's very similar to that. Um, it's The most recent cards, aside from Tevish Zot, uh, there's there's the Kaya from Kaldheim, because she will help me get back things like Indrik Saar if I do have to sacrifice him. Um, and then there's a couple from uh, the last Zendikar set, but most of these are from uh, any given Ravnica era you want to pick. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because Ma of the Obsidian and Treasury Thrall are both from the Return to Ravnica cycle. Mm-hmm. Then most of the Thralls are either from Fallen Empires or the original Ravnica. Uh, a lot of the other things like the the mana rocks that I have in here are from around that same kind of bracket of of time.
0: Yes. So <clears> that's <throat> what I'm thinking of. So how do thralls actually win? We talked about how you can machine gun creatures theoretically with the with the right yep. setup, but we yep. also talked about how they're tiny.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So while this is a thrall tribal deck. I don't, it would be almost ludicrous for me to rely on the thralls themselves to actually win this game. Because it's like you said, and like I have said, they're, they're not usually that large outside of the mob, the opposite of that ability. And most of them don't have things like trample or double strike or most evasions. Uh, there's a handful of flying, that's it. Um, so we have a couple of non-thralls in to just steal the win for us. Uh, things that help with the machine gunning, like Vishkal Blood Arbiter, who nice. is, hands down, my absolute favorite vampire. He's just so good.
0: I love he's the missing. art, too, especially in a Thrall deck. It's just a dude sitting in a chair.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's just a big, he's just a big <coughs> friend. Mm-hmm. But this big friend also says that you can sacrifice a creature to put X-1-1 counters on himself, where X is that creature's power. Mm-hmm. Um... And in a similar fashion to Taysa, uh, you can use that, that first ability to activate the second, where you remove all plus one, plus one counters from him to get target creature negative one, negative one till end of turn for each counter removed that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can have him be a flying lifelink creature with a heck of a lot of one-one counters on him. <laughs> so just pound through Um, Rogues passage is of course in the land base because otherwise these big creatures would never really get through because flyers aren't that hard to come by. Um, There is also, uh, in the event that the game goes long enough, which little less likely but not impossible, uh, my favorite, tied for favorite sorcery of all time, Debt to the Deathless. Oh nice. Yeah, X, double (coughs) white, double black. Each opponent loses 2 times X life and you gain life equal to the life lost this way. Um, mm-hmm. There are ways, if I were to put more money into this deck uh, for the land base, there are ways to make that a lot more viable, such as the classic uh, Cabal Coffers for uh, Urborg to the Yawgmoth combo. Mm-hmm. Uh, just make all my land swamps That's and really just make good. everything that much bigger.
0: You really don't have to put that um, much into it. <clears throat> uh, I'm sorry? So you really don't have to put that much into it. I would actually no, say before really good. I would say before putting in coffer the coffers part, I would put in Basager.
1: San is also a really good choice as well. Um, then if I just wanted Mana doublers or something <clears> of that nature, um, I could put in the uh, gauntlet of might or the caged Sun if mm-hmm. I wanted to go that route. Um, of course, they're not in here because of the budget again. Yeah. Uh, but there is a little bit of life gain somewhere throughout. Uh, there's some life loss intentionally, like card draw, like Argel's Bloodfest. Uh, but Vampiric Rights lets me gain a life for sacrificing creatures and drawing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and above all, of course, I I need other payoffs for the sacrifices to help me get there. So something like uh, the newest Tesa, who gives. Uh, double the death trigger. So, the newest Tesa is in here, and she nice. works with her first predecessor. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Tasa just Taysa Karlov. Uh, mm-hmm. If a creature dying causes a triggered ability of a permanent, you control to trigger, that ability triggers twice. And creature tokens you control have vigilance and lifelink. So, number one, she makes the thralls actually combat relevant, the tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, she, on top of that, creates extra tokens from the commander Mm tesla because if i sacrifice one black thrall token i now have two white black or i have two white flying vigilant spirit tokens that in addition to dealing that damage can have twice as many options to sacrifice so if i sacrifice two of the uh two of the black thralls i get four white creatures so i from that quick sacrifice now have the ability to exile that much quicker i have the removal quicker help support myself Mm -hmm. and protect myself absolutely um there's a lot of little incidental life drain uh for example treasury thrall and um excuse me treasury thrall and kingpin's pet are both thralls that have the extort ability Mm mm-hmm so if I cast some of the cheaper ones late in the game, I have the extra mana to pump into that, drain the opponents a little bit, keep myself a little higher. Um, uh, there is Soren, Vengeful Bloodlord, to give my stuff life link. All creatures and planeswalkers life link, including just having himself ping things. Uh, there is no cohesive single win con. Mm-hmm. Because I, I have enough glass cannon decks that that doesn't seem mm-hmm. that's not new to me. In this case, I have a way to use small incremental things to stall out myself, mm-hmm. to cycle out some sacrifices and make my other stuff stronger and just force it through. Awesome.
0: I wonder if Pontiff of Blight would work.
1: Pontiff of Blight would not be the worst addition here, um, mm-hmm. but. When it came down to thematics versus mechanics, mm-hmm. uh, I I decided that removing that from the possible cut list was the better idea. Just getting it out of there. Um, it's been it was in the maybe board for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when cuts came to cuts, I there were certain things that I just needed to make up for that the colors themselves have yeah. problems with. That uh, if I'm going to stick with the budget, I need to make up for it. So things like hard draw being necessary um, were were huge, huge things, and I of course just had to throw some random man- mana rocks in there to be able to keep up.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So... Yeah, it, uh, it was, especially the variable cost that you have in I'm sorry?
0: Especially with the variable costs that you have in there. Like, right, uh,
1: this, this mana cost goes mm-hmm. without counting the X spells anywhere from 1 to 8 mana. Mm-hmm. Most of that is in the three to four mana range, uh, with a good chunk of the creatures sitting at five, but most of those are still around three or four mana. Mm -hmm. So the curve itself isn't that high, but some of the cards that I want to use for their maximum effect are higher costed, like the Death to the Deathless, or um, my favorite board wipe, Decree of Pain. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, (laughs) The timing of some of the spells uh, is a big recursion
1: spell, Agadine's Awakening.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: which is x3 black return from my graveyard to the battlefield any number of target creatures that each have a different converted mana cost x or less
0: at least that is it can also be a land though. although I'm not sure you want it, it can. to be
1: it can be and that's another thing that helps uh, offset the trouble that white black has with ramping on a budget mm-hmm. uh, I have that backup land just in case mhm
0: Yeah, so, um, so it's nice to be able to work some of those jobs into cards that you're already using.
1: Exactly. Um, and some of them also help uh, with other strange things. For example, uh, there is Basal, Basal, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, thrall, or mm-hmm. Thrall, that is a two black mana Thrall that's a one-two, but I can tap and sacrifice it for two black mana. Mm-hmm. So it hangs out as a physical body that I need if I need an emergency blocker or if I need to ramp out a bigger spell on the next turn, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ones that do like a pseudo recursion, like Morg Thrall can be a sacrifice outlet in and of itself. Uh, so I can block with it and then sacrifice it to put three cards from my library, from the top of my library, into my graveyard. Um, which will allow me to basically have something I can return to the battlefield later through something else, mm-hmm. uh, or return from my hand. You know, all sorts of, all sorts of bonker stuff like that. Because Black's very good at using both of those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Excellent. Um, if you're if you're curious, uh, listeners, for the strangest ways you can use anything with Thrall in the text. Um, <laughs> then buckle up
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: because um i'm gonna read how it's worded on the card first then i'm gonna read the errata which isn't a lot better torarx gate from fallen empires is one black black for a land enchantment that can o- that says quote can only be played on target land you control Sacrifice a Thrall to put three time counters on Torark's Gate. During your upkeep, remove a time counter from Torark's Gate. If there are no time counters on it, bury it. Zero, tap the land that Torark's Gate enchants. All attacking creatures you control get plus two, minus one until end of turn. Now the cleaner version of that it's almost identical um one of the only real differences is that it just it doesn't have the weird pay zero mana then tap the land mechanic it just says tap enchanted land uh and you can of course and it does specify that you can only activate that ability if the enchanted land is untapped um but you have to sacrifice the troll to get the time counters on it. And it specifies now with the Oracle, at the beginning of your upkeep, remove a time counter from the gate. And then if there are no time counters on it, sacrifice it. Uh, so it specifies that that's on the upkeep that that triggers. Um, there's, of course, Sarpadian Empires Volume 7, mm. which is an artifact. That comes into play. Choose And when it comes into play, you choose a white citizen, a blue Camarid, a black thrall, a red goblin, or a green sapperling, and you pay three to tap it and put a 1-1 token of that type.
0: Kind of funny, because you can use a, <laughs> you can make a 1-1 a even though it would normally be a zero-one, one right?
1: Exactly. Sarpedia the Empires was during Time Spiral when tokens uh, stopped being quite as 0 one mm-hmm. unless they're plants, because, you know, plants are going to be zero ones. Yep. Um, it's, it's an odd try with a lot of odd cards. Uh, thrall Retainer, for some reason, is not a creature. It is an aura enchantment for one black mana that depicts a Thrall swinging a two pronged Morning Star. Like yes. there are two Morning Stars on the Morning Star. Oh, dang. Um, uh, and it's an aura that gives the creature plus one plus one. You can sacrifice the enchantment to regenerate the enchanted creature. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Breeding pit is an enchantment that you have to sacrifice at the even unless you pay two black mana. That at the beginning of your step gives you the classic zero one black thrall tokens. That's nice good. Um, there is a there is a 4-4 yeah. four four thrall for for three in a black called uh Darralor that honestly it looks more like a centaur than a thrall because it looks like it has like horse legs on the back mm-hmm. but because it was fallen empires and it was one of the you know back then a 4 4 4, four, four was way too good mm-hmm. it had to have a downside right yeah that downside is that your black spells now cost one more black mana to play
0: oh yeah that's part of a cycle
1: yep <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's part of a it's part of basically a color hating cycle some of those cards used to be played in Zedru when Zedru was still like the new thing. Yeah, uh, So you do like you you put in I think it was Alabaster uh, Snail or something.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And then you would give it to someone else. Uh huh. You would just try and shoot it over there and be like, "Yeah, have have fun with this. You're punished now." Yeah. <laughs> this is your here. This is yours now. It's uh, it's like a trashy TV show from back in the day. Just here's the baby, it belongs to you. I'm leaving now.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I open the door, and you see you uh, hear crying. You open the door, and you see a baby in a basket.
1: It's like, Dear Fire Department, this is a residential neighborhood. What are you doing?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: Um, speaking of babies that you wouldn't normally expect to find a use for, there are surprisingly. And I say surprise only because if you listen to all these other Thrall abilities, mm-hmm. it's a huge surprise to think that any of them actually are helpful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, there is one that is a built-in counterspell at any time, as long as you have the mana for it. Thrall Wizard, for two and a black, also from Fallen Empires, uh, is a 1-1 that says for one and a black, you counter a black spell Unless that spells controller pays either an additional black mana or three mana. Yeah. So let's say that someone like me was playing their Dutch to the Deathless and they tap out for it, uh, and they weren't paying full attention. Mm-hmm. You get that throw you've got that throw wizard out there. you pay one in a black counter it, and they just sit there and are very, very sad.
0: That reminds me of how I built a color shifted control deck with uh, what was it at the church uh, Zergo actually Zergo Helm Smasher. a Mardu exactly. control deck.
1: You play very strange abilities like that, and you just you just hope for the best.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have ten counterspells in it.
1: <laughs>
0: and it actually has That's... countered three in a game.
1: Uh that reminds me, the other day I actually got to manotide someone and when they tapped out. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh it was their um grave titan. I was like, Nope, oh, manotide. Nice.
0: <laughs> and I was hoping to do with that deck, although I haven't quite gotten that set up yet, is to get um uh what was it? Sunforger on Zergo, and then be able to search up counter spells.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's good stuff right there. Um
0: just Some, of the
1: other useful ones. Yeah. Some of the other ones that are kind of useful uh, are, like we said, there's that ramp one, there's another ramp one where you can sacrifice it uh, just to add two black mana um, There is uh, <clears throat> Excuse me um, I just had it in front of me, and then, oh, there's armor thrall, which you can tap and sacrifice it to put a plus one, plus two counter on target creature because uh, for anyone who hasn't been playing Magic since Fallen Empires which I haven't but I'm aware enough of how silly it was, counters weren't as clean cut as they are now where it would be X plus one plus one or minus one minus one counters. Oh no. Mm-hmm. It was it could be a plus I think there was a plus zero plus four counter somewhere out there. Uh, all sorts of bonkers stuff. The power toughness didn't have to be equal for the counters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but uh thrall a surgeon pay one and a black and sacrifice it to look at target player's hand choose a card from it and that player discards that card mm-hmm. you can only do it at sorcery speed but it's functionally a non-conditional uh or inquisition of kozilek mm-hmm. and with recursions like Phyrexian and reclamation you can do that just put things back in your hand you can keep um putting stuff you can just keep playing stuff like that and if someone tutors and they've only got that one card in their hand you you know go after what they just played
0: oh so you're working with the phyrexians now
1: i mean no (laughs) because they're no i'm reclaiming from the phyrexians
0: is it reclaiming from the phyrexians or is it the phyrexians reclaiming things
1: Per the card, it's Xing's <laughs> Reclaiming Things, but I'm choosing to <laughs> defy that and use it against them.
0: Okay. There we go.
1: Um, there's also, speaking of Recursion, uh, because budgetary things exist, Malevolent Awakening uh, in a deck that runs a ton of tokens is a very good card. Uh, you can pay three Sacrifice Creature to return a Creature Card from your graveyard to your hand. Um, this is an enchantment, so if I do have to sacrifice Endric I can sacrifice one of his own tokens and get it back to my hand to recast it later. hmm Um, Absolver Thrall is a very strange one, uh, because it has the Haunt ability, mm. which is not a good ability by itself, but there was the occasional useful copy of this card. Uh, or copy of that ability. And the Haunt is when the creature is put into a graveyard from play, you remove it, from the game haunting target creature. So, kind of like after it died, it would become an aura, but it wouldn't technically be an aura. It would stay in exile once the haunted creature was gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, when Absolver comes into play or the creature it haunts dies, you destroy target enchantment. So, you get two enchantment removals uh, for the price of one.
0: Well, thing as, as well as the yeah. one <laughs>
1: But most of the trolls aren't really that helpful.
0: Um, most was of a them are kind of like the that... Abomination
1: where it's a 5-5 five five with that touch, and which is good, but that's all.
0: Yeah. It was a thrall that would remove counters, which was pretty interesting. The few yes, that, that is also
1: in here. That is, um, I just saw it again. I've got the list pulled up, okay. and because I'm not as organized as I need to be.
0: Okay, it's an interesting card. It's actually uh, not not quite a staple, but it is uh, certainly a very powerful oathbreaker card
1: too. Yeah, it's uh very good. It's a uh, Parasite. You can tap okay. it and pay two life counter from target and not land permanent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, an oathbreaker definitely very good because it helps get rid of those pesky commander planeswalkers. Um, it also uh, helps get rid of thing. It helps get rid of indestructible things that are indestructible due to divinity counters so um if someone has just used one of those enchantments that give the divinity counter to something you can remove that counter and then still target it with like a doom blade and get it out of there
0: Mhm. there's all these counters that you want to remove from things
1: oh yeah for sure there's all sorts of uh there's all sorts of stuff you wouldn't expect to want to remove that has a counter on it but yeah, and there's a lot of times after a combat uh, that a creature just is only surviving because it has that plus one, plus one counter. So we just pluck that off of there, and now it's a kill spell.
0: Oh, yeah. And some people forget about the fact that when you remove the counters, the damage any damage on it is still marked. And yep. so the damage is marked until end of turn. And so even if it's big enough to survive for a while, if you remove those counters, it can still die.
1: And it sure can. That's
0: one hundred
1: percent correct. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Same is true. Even if it had indestructible, and it had say minus one, minus exactly. one counters on it, things like that, or if it was, if it was uh, yeah, so, some it's just some weird stuff like that. If, if it had, so you can remove the ability to remove counters, especially at instant speed, it's really cool. Yep. Uh, I I only I can only think of one other card. Uh, well, this clock spinning that can do that and then right. there's, uh, there's not
1: many that can do it at all and most of that sorcery speed um
0: it's a red green creature i think
1: uh yeah also that vampire that you can i think sacrifice to do it in instant speed
0: yeah uh, through uh, the all other one's countered it repeatedly though
1: yeah yeah there's another vampire so. that enters the battlefield that yeah. you can just um that just when it enters it does the thing
0: mm-hmm. it's rare to find something that can do that, though, which is, uh, which is one of the reasons uh, yeah, why it, I bring that card up. It's not yeah, a, lot it's of a very strong
1: ability. In.
0: Not a lot of cards you can play it in, but it's a niche ability that is probably overlooked by quite a lot of people.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's... Because... There are a lot of times when you think about removing counters, you think of it just specifically in a Planeswalker equivalent where you're just removing the counters to um, to activate the ability, or you need to remove the counters by damage to kill the Planeswalker. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't think about it in the context of, like, just if you can get rid of those plus one, plus one counters, that son of a gun is dead. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: well, even if all it's... it did was remove counters from Planeswalkers... I'm going to dip in my oh, yeah. Jewish stuff but anyway would have been enough
1: yeah I mean even if it was just it's like you said being able to remove a uh, counter from planeswalker at instant speed uh, removes the ability for them to activate the ability they're building towards just mm-hmm. very handily um, it can
0: keep them from getting to the ultimate even if you're in a position yep. where you can't attack because if your creatures are small you might not always be able to
1: exactly like people will play ghostly prisons and sphere of safeties and other equivalent cards which make it hard to actually do what you need to do so if you're not playing uh if you're not playing a, uh um, a super evasive deck or a burn deck it, it takes some extra work to get there
0: so that's where i would say tr- always try to find ways to uh interact with the board in the tribe first if at all possible Because when I'm building a deck, I usually, especially, so even a tribal deck, I'll have 20 members of the tribe that are just members of the tribe, and then I'll try to work them into other places, and that's one that you could put into, say, spot removal, because it's usually going to get rid of at least one thing.
1: Yes, exactly. And spot removal is, spot removal, you do have to be careful with it, because spot removal gets weird. So you have to like, you have to pick your battles, you have to um, you have to figure out what kind of spot removal you want. And that's one thing where black and white uh, specifically excels, because those two have the ability to remove literally every card type between the two of them. Black can't necessarily do it by itself, but white can. And white might not always be able to do it at instant speed, but joining with black it can mm-hmm. um and even at sorcery speed it's usually pretty well costed like anguish on making is a is an amazing card
0: mm-hmm.
1: anguish i'm making is beautiful um and my my memory for card names is not cooperating with me today um <laughs> okay. but uh, there was the but yes
0: it's so there are... I think that is the, uh, the hybrid, hybrid, hybrid. That what yes, that's not it? the one I'm
1: thinking of, but that's another good one. It's just okay. for three mana, you certain creature.
0: So, yeah, there are really good spot removals that are more generic. But if you're able yes. to find them within your tribe, then you know that you're furthering your game plan while also putting them back.
1: Exactly. Um, One of the strange ones that is sort of a spot removal that's in the Thralls in this deck is um is neck fright which when it attacks and isn't blocked you can sacrifice to destroy a creature that player controls mm-hmm. and it can't be regenerated so partner that with a rogue's passage and you need to get rid of a really troublesome attacker boom gone mm-hmm. or you've got this like silly activated ability that's just like causing you all sorts of grief boom gone
0: it's also neat to think about Rogue's Passage being used for value because I usually use Rogue's Passage just to smack somebody for a lot.
1: Exactly, and Rogue's Passage in in this deck it's usually that, but every once in a blue moon you got to get that value out. Mm-hmm.
0: Like I have it's, my okay. um, I have my Simic Morrow deck, which is which is uh, I use Rogue's Passage to like blast somebody, equal to the number of cards in my hand or something like that. But this is a really creative way of using popular commander card that's gotten a lot cheaper
1: yeah oh for sure yeah um the one that i was thinking of is uh i mean mortify is always kind of a classic it's not it's not as good as it used to be anymore because it has been outclassed by other things but uh destroy target creature enchantment for an instance there's final payment which does the same thing but for one less mana and you have to either pay life or sacrifice uh, creature enchantment. Um, there's Fracture, which does artifacts, enchantments, or planeswalkers. Um, there is uh, th- that those are all just destroyed. Those aren't even counting the exile ones, because mm-hmm. exile has its own you know, own class of ability. Mm-hmm. Um because it's just so good. Anguish on Making, of course, as we said. Um, there is uh, D-Spark, which gets rid of things with mana for a greater. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Tribal is the really big challenge there, but it still can be... It, it still can fit in. Uh, Utter End is really good. And most of these are fairly budget-friendly. Uh, there are some that might cost, you know, five or more dollars, but there are the cheap equivalents to them. So... Um, it's you just have to be able to pick and choose where you really want your resources to go, whether it's financial or card slots.
0: Oh, there are some other cool ones, because I actually just built uh, TESA tokens. Haven't yep. played it, because I actually just took the lands out, but I'm, I can put them back in. <laughs> uh, I put the lands out for other things, because it's was on the back burner. The deck is built, though. Uh, yeah. So, one of the ones is uh, Dire Tactics. Uh, from ah, yeah, that's a good one. So while your deck might not be built around it, the fact that Tesa comes out quickly and is a human makes it so that you don't lose life equal to the toughness. Although even exactly. if you did, that's not necessarily horrible. Two mana to get rid of their thing.
1: No, it just it just gets rid of something for two mana, and you you aren't. Uh... You aren't losing that life. And then even if it's not early game, if it's late game, you have that commander out mm-hmm. um, and you just need to get rid of like a big beefy friend. Like, you know, Dark Seal and of Colossi are indestructible. You can't destroy them, but they're not hexproof, shroud or warded. So you can use something like Dire Tactics to remove it, but you don't want to lose 11 life. Mm-hmm. Um, I and mean, in, in white and black, you can usually afford that 11 life better, but you don't want to if you can help it, you know? Yep. Um so something like her uh, comes in. I think Indrix Sar is also yeah. Indrik Sar is also a human, so that helps out a whole lot. Um, so you you've got you've got like a handful of emergencies of emergency backups, uh, and eventually, like I said, the win cons are kind of varied and a little bit different. The easiest. I'd say easiest. The quickest, if you can assemble it, uh, WinCon in the deck is to have something like either Blood Artist or Wrath Noble, um, or, um, the Zendikar equivalent of those two. Shucks.
0: (laughs) I'm looking at my deck right now and I wonder if Behind the Scenes could be a cool one for you.
1: Behind the Scenes.
0: So a black enchantment, creatures you control have Skulk. They can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. And then you pay five to pump all your creatures, and so you attack with a bunch of zero-power You do power that after
1: blocks, before damage, yeah. Right? Yeah. That like, with wouldn't bunch be a bunch of bad zero power 0 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those zero one and 1-1 one one tokens would just uh, slide around, and that would be a good one, actually. And it's less than a quarter. Um, oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, well, but the Zoolittle uh, Port was the other card I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Um... If you can assemble the loop of Tesa Darkest Hour, and any of those cards, you basically just won the game right there.
0: Yep. Uh, because uh... you
1: sacrifice the three, exile a target, and the thing about abilities like this is that they go on the stack, so you can choose the same target with every exile trigger. Mm-hmm. But the sacrifice triggers and the death triggers are already on the stack, so you're not nerfing yourself. By removing that same target. All the removals will still fizzle, but all of the life drain will still occur. Mm-hmm. Nice. Commander has made has made me Commander just over the years has made me so much more aware of how stacks work. Mm-hmm. Like how the stack itself is a thing. <laughs>
0: well, it was a format made by judges, so it makes sense.
1: It does. And you've seen the you've seen the deck that I have to be the most careful about the stack with. You've seen the epic deck. Mm-hmm. You just, it, Has been that on the deck channel? actually taught me most carefully how to be, how to use the stack to my advantage.
0: Has been on the channel and will likely featured on a, uh, a rogues gallery episode in the near future. Once I restart, or once I, not restart, but once I get my, uh, YouTube channel running again.
1: Yeah, once you do that, let me know. I will happily... I, I love that deck. It's my favorite deck of all time. Mm-hmm. It's the only deck I've ever owned that I've never taken apart. I've just changed some stuff in and out of it. Nice. Um, But I also love this deck because it's just... I love my derpy little friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> they mean well. Um, they, it's not their fault they're built specifically
0: to die. Oh, you're talking about the thrills. Um,
1: yeah the thralls uh it's not my fault they're built specifically it's not their fault they're built specifically to die whether as a blocker or to be eaten or in just dangerous experiments or dangerous tasks um in fact they're almost exclusively not built for combat as -hmm. exhibited by thrall champion's flavor text which says those idiots should never have bred thralls for combat uh and it's credited to gerana rure i don't know how to say that name um but Fallen Empires is a little bit bonkers, so I can't believe they're surprised that someone did read a Thrall for combat.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, so one more interesting removal spell that's in black and white that actually just came out is Rite of Oblivion. <clears throat> uh, exile's a non-land permanent. You sack... It was in a, as a cost, you sack a non-land permanent, and then it has flashback. Right.
1: That's right. Um, and the flashback cost is only four... I mean, of course, it's only sorcery speed, but that's Mm -hmm. not, with this token thing, it's not that bad at all. It's like a, it's like a recurrable path, but somewhat better and worse. (laughs) Uh, Um,
0: Yes, and it also gets rid of the body, which, I mean, you're always looking to do.
1: True. And of course, um, this deck, this deck is very creature heavy, but it might be super weak to specific Mm -hmm deck types, like uh, Artifact Combo decks, or a stacks deck, or a Pillow Fort. So a mm-hmm. lot of Enchantments and a lot of Artifacts, or just someone playing Super Friends and just getting them on my nerves. Merciless mm-hmm. Eviction in to save the day.
0: Yep. Uh, Plum the Forbidden I picked nice my favorite answer.
1: non-land card type, and it's gone now.
0: From the Forbidden is a nice way to draw a bunch of cards.
1: Yep, it sure is. Uh, the card draw on this deck is something that I'm especially proud of, because, um again, over the years, I've just had to learn how to play budgetary cards, Mm -hmm. Uh, so dark prophecy is whenever a creature I control dies, I draw a card and lose life, and that's not optional, I have to do that, but if I'm sacrificing things on purpose anyway, I might as well get some extra benefit out of it. Um, Greed is the best budget alternative to Erebos, just on the planet, Uh, because the original Erebos is, I think, $20 right now. Um, Greed costs the same mana to play but it only costs one black and you pay two life and draw one card um the real the only real downside is that sign not indestructible mm-hmm. um Arwell's Bloodfast is another one where you can pay two life and draw a card but there's some lifelink abilities in here to make up for that and the Empiric Rights lets you sacrifice a creature gain a life draw a card um so yeah it's it, you just gotta find the ways that work for you uh there are some removal cards that also will draw the card on the other side or some recursion, like Wretched Confluence will get something back from the graveyard to hand or draw a card lose life or give a creature negative two, negative two or any or all of them three times. Um, it's a little bit it's a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oblation is a removal spell for something annoying on my opponents or if I just need to draw two cards, I can get rid of a token and shuffle it, draw two cards.
0: Oh yeah. I love that as a as a card draw effect, especially in a deck where you have yep. a lot of extra permanence.
1: Exactly. Yep it's it's exactly perfect for that because you you don't want to give your opponents cards if you can help it, right? Like you just you try not to if you can help it. Um, and with homebridge your band, you have fewer choices to stop that. So <laughs> um, you just go ahead and exile it if you need to give them cards, or if you just want to draw a couple cards, boom, ablation. <laughs> yep.
0: And you don't really get rid of the thing either. You just you shuffle it back. It, it's I no, would actually, you don't. If you tempted to say which also gets rid
1: of, yeah. uh, which also gets around things like indestructible too, mm-hmm. or uh, death abilities like undying. Um, yeah. it's not. It, it doesn't have to be undying. It just has to go into your library.
0: I would almost go. I would almost say that it's it might be a little bit better than chaos warp. It's certainly not played it nearly as often, but it, it, it used to be a staple.
1: True, I would say. I would say that in a vacuum, it is a slightly better card because it doesn't give the opponent the person, uh, and you are almost exclusively going to use an opponent in this scenario. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give them the ability to play the thing from the top of their deck. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it is also theoretically worse. Or I would say that the red one is used more often because white just has better any non-land permanent removal cards that give your opponent no benefit. And red just blows up artifacts, creatures, and land. It doesn't do anything against uh, enchantments, and enchantments can just completely nerf a red deck if you're not careful.
0: Also, once a creature gets a little bit bigger than what they can deal with, red has trouble with it.
1: Exactly, because it's you know it's it's going to be based mostly on um, on damage. Mm-hmm. Red doesn't really have any destroy target creature, and even if it did, indestructible is still the same problem for everybody. So you yeah. have to have that loophole in it. Mm-hmm. So chaos morph is more of a staple because mm-hmm. red has fewer options to uh, cooperate in that vein. Yep. Whereas white, we just went through how many white and black. Not to mention all the single, uh, all the just white cards that do the mm-hmm. same kind of stuff.
0: Um, it's flexible enough, though, that you can always use it as a card draw spell.
1: Yes, exactly. That's 100% true. But, um, yeah, that's just about that deck. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, thank you very much for being on. And uh, <clears throat> where can people find you?
1: They can find me in uh, one of a couple places. Uh, my Twitter is um, in all lowercase at... In lambert l-a-m-b-e-r-t 91090 um at, on mtgnexus.com you can find some of my deck tech articles which it's been a little while and need to come up with a new one but life um you can also find me uh at the wnxs news podcast just search us on your favorite podcast host i believe we're on everything including spotify but maybe not spotify i have to double check <laughs> And you can find us streaming uh, most Thursdays on twitch.tv/slash MTG Nexus.
0: All right, awesome. <clears throat> so, this has been Coach j Leon the Unsummoned Skull, as well as
1: uh, Nick, a.k.a. Janky as Heck.